the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We come to chapter 4 of Philippians. Those of you who have been following us for several, I, several months now, we've been at this book in an ongoing series entitled Nurturing the Christian Mind based on Paul's letter in the New Testament to the church at Philippi. The message this morning is entitled, The Mind of a Peacemaker. Now, you got to look into Philippians and discover what the author was trying to do in this letter. He's trying to encourage Christians how to think as Christians, to develop a Christian worldview. That's what this letter is all about. So as we have gone through many, many chapters and verses, we discovered the many ways we can demonstrate the Christian worldview by the way we think and by developing a mind that understands the gospel explicitly. Our text is taken from Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be reading verses 2 to 7 this morning. I, I hope you have a, a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to be printed up there. I think we also have bulletins this morning for you to follow. But in this church, we read the Word of God. We preach from the Word of God. We don't preach ourselves. We preach the incomparable, infallible, error-free Word of God. I'm going to read verses 2 to 3 to give us a context of what's to follow. Paul writes, I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement, and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, let me stop there and let me just give you the context of why Paul wrote this letter. One of the main reasons, if not the main reason, why he wrote this letter to the Philippians is because of a conflict that existed between these great servants of the Lord in the church. We don't know much about what the problem was. We don't know the nature of the conflict. We do know that it has nothing to do with sin. It has nothing to do with disobedience. It has nothing to do with wrong doctrine. But there's something that caused a conflict and caused a fight between these two women that's largely affecting the entire ministry of the church. And that's why Paul wrote this letter to address these issues. And in the process of addressing these issues, he taught us, through, this, through his words, and he taught the church back then how to think in these situations. How do you become a Christian in the midst of all of these conflicts that you face? And of course, he gave us the solution here. He gave us the answer. And the answer is to develop or to nurture the mind of a peacemaker. Okay? 
He proceeded to encourage them to seek the peace of God in the midst of the chaos. In order to do that, they have to develop and we have to develop a mindset that pursues peace. Now let's read the remainder of the text. Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul wrote this letter to the church to point out how critical peace is to everyone who believes and follows Jesus Christ by faith. This is critical to everyone who is living out a gospel-centered life. Not only are we to receive peace from the Lord, not only are we to receive the peace of God, but we are also called to be peacemakers. It's a big deal. It's a big deal in the Bible. It's a big piece of what it means to be a Christian. I can't emphasize enough, and the Bible cannot emphasize enough, how critical being a peacemaker really is when it comes to our confession and profession of faith. How big of a deal is it? In the Sermon on the Mount, in the Beatitudes. Now, Paul, Paul writes, Okay, How big of a deal is being a peacemaker? In the Sermon on the Mount, there are eight Beatitudes. What are the Beatitudes? The Beatitudes are the three characteristic traits of those who belong to the kingdom of God. There's eight of them. And one of them, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Why is this important? Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called children of God. Sometimes we read a verse like this, and we gloss over it. We simply think, oh, yeah, that's a good thing to do, to be a peacemaker, to, to pursue peace, to bring peace in my home, to bring, to bring peace in my marriage, to bring peace in the church. Sometimes we gloss over it, and we say, yeah, that's a good virtue. That's a good trajectory to pursue. But Jesus didn't say, blessed are the peacemakers, just because it's a good virtue. Blessed are peacemakers, because they will be called children of God. Are you a child of God? If you're a child of God, not only do you pursue peace in your heart, you pursue peace with everybody else you encounter. That's how the gospel works. That's how it works. It's a big peace. It's a big deal in the Christian life. You can't ignore it. I can't ignore it. We can gloss over these things. To be a peacemaker should be something that we need to aspire to. Not only that, we need to realize that this is a character trait. If you're a troublemaker, you don't belong in the kingdom of God. Trust me on that one. Why? Because Jesus says the key to happiness, the key to being blessed, is not only through receiving peace, but also being peacemakers. Why should we be happy about that? Jesus says happy, blessed are the peacemakers. Why should you be happy? If you're a Christian, why are you happy to be a peacemaker? You know why? Because you yourself have received the peace of Christ. The Bible says He is our peace. He is our peace. 
who has broken down every wall of hostility that exists between us and God. If you're not happy about that, there's nothing in this universe that can make you truly happy. If you know that you're no longer an enemy of God, because God has destroyed the hostility that exists between you and Him through the death of Jesus on the cross. Did you know that you are an enemy of God without Jesus in your life? Doesn't matter how successful you are, how handsome like I am you are. How successful you are, how intelligent you are, how much you have achieved in life. The Bible says there is hostility between you and God. But through Jesus, Jesus has broken down the walls of hostility. God is literally our friend. And if that can't make you happy, you can have a thousand friends. They'll never make you truly happy. Because Jesus brought us the peace that's necessary to restore us to that relationship. Now, there's always the other side of the coin. If you have not received the peace of Jesus in your life, if you haven't done it, if you're not experiencing that peace, if you're not a peacemaker yourself, what do you have to expect from Jesus? Here it is. I'm glad you asked that question, even though you didn't ask it. I'm glad you asked it. Matthew 10, 34. Jesus said, Do not suppose, do not assume, don't think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Uh-oh. I thought Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I thought peace on earth, goodwill to man. I thought all of that during Christmas. I say that all the time. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now think about that for a moment. Jesus didn't come to bring peace on this earth. He came to bring a sword. He brings peace only to those who belong to him. Those who belong to the kingdom of God. If you don't belong to the kingdom of God, Jesus brought something and it's very sharp. Brought a sword. And there's nothing, nothing that can bring any kind of true peace in our lives unless we truly are God's children through faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't come to have peace. To bring peace on the earth. He came to bring a sword. So if you're not a follow, follower of Jesus, you're on the cutting board. Judgment await those who have no peace with God. You know, sometimes we think of Jesus as this, you know, just this heavenly figure, you know, as a Messiah. You know, Savior, Prince of Peace, Lord of Lords. Did you know that Jesus is a judge as well? You know, he's going to judge everybody in this room. Enough of the one-sided Jesus. The, the Jesus that simply asks us to do whatever we want, and He's there to bless us, and He's there to be kind to us. That Jesus exists, that Jesus existed in heaven, even before the beginning of time. But there's a side of Jesus that we need to come to grips with, and that is a Jesus that will judge the living and the dead. You haven't caught on. I'm, I'm preaching this morning. You're in the right place. Peacemaking is important because you don't want that sword to be in your life. 
You don't want to receive the sword of Jesus. By the way, Jesus is not coming back as a lowly servant, right? He's not going to come back like that. The Bible says he's going to come back and there's fire in his eyes. Okay? He's going to come as king of kings and lord of lords. Now, in the meantime, the Bible says that Jesus has come to bring us peace. Do you have that peace? If you have that peace, be at peace. Because if you don't have it, you're going to get the sword. You're going to get caught up by this life. So peacemaking is essential. Because without being a, having peace and not pursuing peace, not being a peacemaker, judgment awaits those who are separated from him. Peacemaking begins inside the church. Amen? Paul gives a profile of a peacemaker here in our text. There are three things that we need to see in us and to each other to be able to affirm the fact that we are part of the family of God, we belong to the kingdom of God, and we are peacemakers. Three things. Number one, I'm going, this, there are the three points in your outline. You don't have to worry about it. I'm going to give them all to you, all three at the same time, so you can pay attention to the preaching this morning. Number one, perpetual gladness. The first sign of a person who is a peacemaker is that there is perpetual gladness. Secondly, peaceful people, people who practice peacemaking, are people who practice gentleness. Practice gentleness. Thirdly, peacemakers pray with gratitude. Prayerful gratitude. So those are the three points of the sermon this morning. And let me repeat them. A peacemaker is someone who's perpetually glad. There's perpetual gladness. There's the practice of gentleness. And there's that prayerful gratitude. Now let's take a look at them one by one. The mind of a peacemaker is first and foremost characterized by perpetual gladness. What does it mean to be perpetually glad? That means you're glad all the time. Continuously predisposed to gladness and understand who he or she in Jesus and what you and I receive from Jesus causes us to be glad. So if you don't have this perpetual gladness, something's missing. And I want to get you to that point in, in our um, in, in our encounter here today, where you can actually make that decision to make a leap. The time to, to, to fake your relationship with God is over. You can't hide it. Paul says, you are a peacemaker because you belong to the kingdom of God. And there's always turmoil happening in your life. There's something missing. So pay attention. A peacemaker is characterized by perpetual gladness. Because you and I understand who we are in Christ Jesus. Look at what Paul writes. He says, rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, always should have been enough. What does always mean? It means always. But that's not enough. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say it, rejoice. So, so the Bible is very, very clear clear about this thing called being glad okay can i see those glad faces this morning some of you just simply put on your mask so no, nobody knows right all right what paul is saying is the mind of a peacemaker is always rejoicing what is joy uh, according to my professor gary tuck at western seminary he defined joy this way joy is a positive mental attitude based on one's spiritual well-being in Christ. That's a good definition, okay? Let's break it down for a little bit. Positive mental attitude. 
Okay? This is nothing. This is not no mumbo jumbo. Okay? This is a positive mindset based, not just based on your income, not just based on how happy you are at home, not just based on how good you are, how intelligent you are, how, how what, what you possess in life. This is a positive mental attitude based on one spiritual well-being in Christ. Without Christ, there's no true joy. You can you can't manufacture it. You can try. You can bring happiness in your life, but there will never be real joy unless you have that well-being secured in Christ. Gladness is rooted in the quality of our relationship with Jesus. If you and I are growing in the knowledge and admonition of the Lord, we will find ourselves developing the joy of the Lord in a consistent manner. If there's conflicts or trouble or strife or struggles in the home or in the church, obviously there will be no joy or gladness. The first place to look is where you are in your walk with Christ. When there's turmoil you know, happening in life, when there's you know, strife, the first place to look is the quality of our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's Jesus that gave us that peace, and he's not a liar. Peacemakers are glad people. If you're a peacemaker, you pursue peace, you're always glad. Oh, I don't want to be hypocritical, people. I, have, uh, I don't want to be hypocritical, pastor, but I have some bad days. Bad days are okay. You know that bad days can't take away your gladness? Can't take away your gladness. It can take away your happiness. It can take away your, your excitement. But problems, trials, because you have peace, doesn't, doesn't go away. Gladness remains perpetual. It stays. Peacemakers are glad people. Why? Because they're missing three things in their life. That's why they're glad, okay? They're missing. If you're a peacemaker and you're glad, usually there are three things missing in your life. That's why you're happy. That's why you're, you're joyful. Number one, pride. You can't be a peacemaker if you're not humble, okay? So God says, the Bible says, humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Cast all your burdens upon him. What's the, what's the condition? Humble yourself. You receive peace because pride gets in the way. Proud people manufacture their own gladness. Trust me on that one. The moment you feel proud... The moment you feel you've arrived, trust me, there's somebody else higher than you. The minute you say you got, you got that $10 million bonus, there's one that got $20 million. There's always someone that's going to try to outdo you and try to do a better life than you. So knock it off. You know, glad people are humble people. Our worship leader, he lasted this long. You know what power he has? He, not only does he have a good voice. Not only can he lead this thing, but that's the reason why he's been doing this, the reason why I come to church, because he's leading the worship, because the man is humble. God wouldn't be used by God if there's no humility. He's a peacemaker too. You know, right? these bad people, they fight all the time, and he's a peacemaker. You know, your Brother Larry, who's celebrating a, a birthday, I'm not going to reveal your age, but my, I, I'm, I'm respectful, respectful to my elders. Larry is not just somebody who greets you up front. Larry is not just someone who says, uh, you know, hey, God bless you in your parking lot. He brings out the umbrella out there. 
He's an elder of this church. When I'm in trouble, I go for him to pray for me. That's no joke. He and Joanna. You could never be used by God without that. Because pride comes before the fall. Right? The second thing you don't have is prejudice. Peacemakers are not prejudiced. Now, we get all bent out of shape when we hear the word prejudice. The word simply means prejudging. You cannot be a peacemaker if you always prejudge people, restaurants, situations. You know, a prejudice, you know, sometimes we use it to, in terms of racial prejudice, right? That's what we use it for. But, but this thing right here, it involves other things, you know. Some of you are, you know, you prejudge a church. Some of you walk in here after hearing the preacher preach for an hour. Woo, that church is no good. I'm so hungry the preacher wouldn't let me go. Wouldn't let me out. Okay, so we prejudge. You know what? You can't be a peacemaker if you prejudge everyone and everything. You can't be. You simply can't. Prejudice means prejudge. My very first time, years and years ago, my first time in Hawaii, first time in Hawaii, I was walking the streets of Waikiki. This couple from the mainland, obviously, came up to me asking me where the best beaches are in the area. I almost said, I'm from Dublin, Ireland. <laughs> but my accent betrayed me. What was those? You know, those are not, they're nice people, okay? I'm not, they're, they're good people. They're just, they're, they're wonderful people. But I could have easily retaliated and asked them, where's the best skiing in Aspen, Colorado? No, we're from Arizona. That's when we prejudge people. Just because I look like this doesn't mean I know how to surf. <laughs> Do I look like a surfer to you? Somebody told me one time, Pastor, you have a swimming pool in your house. Why don't you know how to swim? Well, I went back and I said, hey, you have a stove in your house. Why can't you cook? That's why, they, that's why we're fighting. We prejudge each other, don't we? Don't we do that? So don't tell me because I have a pool, I know how to swim. In fact, if you're drowning, call 911, even if I'm right in front of you. Because I'm not jumping in there. Not because we look a certain way. You know, there are no two people alike. There are no two people alike. There are no two people within the same racial group that are alike. There's a lot of prejudice within certain groups of people, and they all look and talk the same. That's a fact. Let's not deny it, okay? My wife came from a region in the Philippines where the, the women are light-skinned. And I came from a region where the people are dark-skinned. There's that regionalism. No, don't, 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 don't mix with that kind. Why do we do that? Because we don't have Jesus in our life. We don't have the peace of Christ. People who are peacemakers are not prejudiced. Thirdly, you don't have this quality in you if you're a peacemaker. And that is, you're not pretentious. You know exactly who you are. You don't want people to know that you're more than you really are. Do you know that you are who you are? There's no pretension in you. Peacemakers cannot be peacemakers if they keep on insisting that they're more than what they really are. That causes trouble. That causes strife. You can't be any more than you are. 
Now, I'm not saying you can't get, Im- you can't get better. I'm not saying you can't improve. But you've got to learn, and I've got to learn at some point, that the Bible says God created all of us in a way that, we will re- that he will receive worship from us in some ways. In Isaiah, I forgot the verse. Don't prejudge me. But I created those who will give my name glory. In essence, that's what that passage in Isaiah. Perpetual gladness can only come through a growing, maturing relationship with Jesus. I wish I can give you a formula on how life works, but I don't have it. I wish I can give you the three steps to resolve all of the issues that you face at work. That boss of yours that is just sapping the last reserve nerve you have. That coworker that just gets to you all the time, you know, the situation at home. Situ- I, I, wish I, had, I wish I had the knowledge to do that. All I know is that peace that passes understanding comes from our relationship with Jesus. That's the best thing I can offer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.